All right. Good evening, folks. Welcome back to the fourth edition of the podcast to be named later. I'm Jason Collette, joined tonight by Eric Hammond, Bradley Woodrum, and Kevin Gengler. Good evening, gentlemen. What's up? How you doing, hey. Jason? How's it going? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's there. You know, I was a little disappointed in how the Rays played this weekend with the Angels. If not for uh, Fernando Rodney's terrific 55-foot splitter, I don't know if the Rays would have won a game in that series because it was quite uh, a frustrating thing. They come off a road trip where they can do nothing wrong offensively, and they come home, and, you know, they could barely get seven hits in a game was the most they were able to get. Uh, then they were shut down by a guy coming off the disabled list, and then they, they get a break with uh, – with Weaver being gone, get Tyler Chatwell, get five runs in the first, and that's apparently when that they decided it. to stop scoring. It was just one of those crazy series to watch that, especially Sunday. Sunday was just a, a maddening game for a lot of reasons. One of the things about uh, the Sunday game that really uh, drove me crazy, I think, was how it really felt like Alex Cobb wasn't doing a terrible job. I mean, we found out later that he was kind of tipping his fastball a little bit, but even then he was – I mean, he was hitting his spots. He wasn't really, I don't know, he wasn't pitching terribly, but he, he, he walked enough batters. He got deep enough in the counts that he wasn't able to pitch deep in the game, and it, and it sort of unraveled in the fifth inning. But, uh, I mean, it was a, it was not a bad start from, from Cobb, although I – I got I mean, yelled at for saying it was good. So. Yeah, I don't think it was a good – I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a good start, but it definitely – it was it was frustrating, I think for sure, especially since we got to Chatwood for five runs in that first inning. It just really felt like we were opening something up, and we could really you know take advantage of that. But I mean those those five runs really did come on a lot of blue pits and and uh, like a 900 BABIP. So we were uh, lucky to get that in the first place. But yeah, it was it was definitely a frustrating weekend, and it's always a frustrating weekend when uh, Stern fan predicts a two and three series, and he's correct. Whenever Stern fans correct, it's usually a pretty frustrating weekend. <laughs> pretty bad all around, yeah. Yeah, he's correct. Uh, he's correct on that. And then his Indians are what nineteen and eight now. He's he's becoming impossible to live with. Yeah, got to jump back on that bandwagon. <laughs> but with uh, you know, with with that game, but the the crazy thing there was the you know, despite all the mistakes the Rays made later on in the game, they still had chances to win. I mean, Cobb did you know walking the bases loaded is never a good thing. That's when. I got home and got to see that inning unravel. Uh, but it, the, the thing for me, you know, you know, people were often you know accused of being homers for the Rays, but I think all of us were unanimous and bitching about how yeah, Joe Bad handled how that. Didn't, yes, he had to you know, pinch hit for um for Kochman there. Yes, yeah. you no know, verse, yeah, you no know, verse got downs. You know where where a ball in the air is great. You know a ball on the you know, ground is not good, and you know Kochman you know does that pretty well, which is not you know, uh, you know too good thought, for what I thought the we needed there. Thing, the interesting thing to me was that Sean Rodriguez was available, and if anyone was going to pinch hit, I think it would be him. Yeah, but even with the finger, could he I mean, hit. Yeah. Well, that's that the thing. I, I think I read that he was available before the game, but you know. It was just, I mean, even then, uh, uh, Elliot, anybody hit the ball, Dan Johnson, if you have him on the team, and we don't know, obviously, Longoria is supposed to come back up hit after the, the game outfield. tonight. Anything. You know, somebody hit a fly ball, do anything. But, I mean, Scott Downs is one of the nastier left-handed pitchers in baseball against left-handed batters, and he's a ground ball machine. So you're putting him up here against his, basically, you know, another ground ball machine at the plate. Not yeah. Again, not to hate Casey Kochman. I know we all get that. He's been doing too. good. That's he's, fine. He's been doing good in the field and whatnot, but that was a... A horrific matchup. Well, you know, you're not setting him up for any kind of success there. Uh, and he did exactly said, what he shouldn't have done. 
Yeah, well, actually, I, I kind of feel the opposite. Uh, there was a comment on the process report uh, website that I actually thought had some validity to it, even though it was phrased in a terrible way. I mean, it was attacking R.J. Anderson, which Grammar you, know, you don't want to attack a robot unless you haven't seen the movie Terminator. Um, so it, what, what he was saying, though, is that uh, keeping Kochman in there, Kochman who hits a lot of ground balls against a guy who, who gets a lot of ground balls, kind of makes sense if you want to put a hit and run on because it guarantees he's not going to line out and create a double play. Uh, the hit and run definitely didn't come to fruition, uh, but at least it wasn't a double Zobus play. Zobus went, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Zobus if that is what safe. they did, then that, that kind of makes sense to me. I mean, at the same time, though, it's still... Well, all I was saying there is uh, that uh, he made a valid point in that the, the, the Rays were putting on a hit and run. and I, I mean, well, it looked like they were, they were, what they were shooting for. And, yeah. well, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of hit and runs in general. Uh, especially since even though Kochman is a ground ball hitter, he, he's been hitting line drives of lately. So, I mean, if he does actually hit a line drive, it could put them in risk. But, you know, at the same time, it's it's tough because the Rays aren't really an, uh, an offensive dynamo of a team right now uh, at the first base position. It'd be great if we had someone like Russell Brand and we could slot in there, but it's just that's just not what we have. Well, and if, you know, that ball didn't get hit you know, back to downs, you know, then it's not too bad. You know, they you know, mm-hmm. could have gotten past guys, but it just yeah. went you know, right back at the mound. I mean, and, so, and that ball was, correct me if I'm wrong, but the ball was hit to the right side. So if it was a hit and run, he either, you know, swung too early or whatnot. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not. Kevin, you were going to well, jump in there? Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think the hitting certainly was a problem after the first inning, but the pitching, I want to talk about Andy Sonnenstein. And I yeah, get he that did he's not the long man. I get that he's the long man, but. If you're not throwing strikes, I mean, I'd rather have a long man just groove the ball over the plate with with a lead that we had, and Sunnyside, he just he doesn't have his control anymore, and his stuff is below average. I mean, you could chalk some of that up. To, I mean, on, in his defense, you know, he hasn't pitched since what, like 2009, it seems like. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, he hasn't pitched in a long time. It's really hard. He's in a challenging role because he he's only pitched, you know, twice over the last 18 days, yeah. which is ridiculous. Which I mean, you know, the, the clubs just called up Brandon Gomes tonight, which means they're going to go with a 12-man pitching staff when they barely use the 11th man, which really seems kind of crazy but you know i agree with you andy sonstein came in and he was you know missing up and in up and in low and in. he couldn't get it over the plate and then when he did he hung it right over the middle hey, it was yeah, this you know weird to have you know him you know there in that spot you know it was you know, tie game you know and it's not you know what he's you know here for you know what i mean it was weird to have him in that spot you know that early sure but it was still Agreed. Uh, Kevin, uh, so you had a really good scouting report on Alex Cobb that you wrote up earlier during the week, and we linked to it in the game day thread. Tell me your impressions on what you saw from Cobb. Well, what I saw was pretty much what I expected. His fastball command, which I said was his, his biggest weakness, he, he it came and went. He had it early on, and then he sort of lost it, and he really lost it at the end. He was just – he was missing with that, and he couldn't set up his pitches. And, uh, you know, his split change, he likes to set that up. But he throws that in the dirt. So he, if, he's, if he's not spotting his fastball down there, but he's throwing the split change down there, well, obviously they're just going to spit on it and let it go. But, you know, obviously his, his split change has really good movement, and it fooled – I think he got all of his swinging strikes on that pitch. Uh, his curveball was okay. Uh, he showed that he could throw it for strikes in the minors. He didn't really do that in this game. But, um, you know, his, his command of his fastball was definitely the big thing. 
Yeah, it's about where I about where I sat as well. Again, I I was out with my kids, so I missed the first three innings. So I came in within his you know, in that disastrous uh, saw the fourth and then saw the fifth. And when he just couldn't hit the fastball in the end, when Hickey had, came running out of the dugout, and then I saw Joe. I'm like, he's got to come out and yank him. I you know at the time, you, you know, you wanted him to get that five innings. You wanted him to get that win. One other thing with Cobb, they mentioned that he was tipping his pitches, and it was sort of the the Dan Wheeler, Matt Garza glove flap where I saw he was he was doing that more so on his fastball. He did it a few times when he threw the split change, but he was definitely doing that with his fastball, but not as much with his... So I think I think that's what the problem was. Although if you're not locating your fastball, it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, I felt... I felt when I was watching that, when, when Madden was going to come out to pull him, I felt, you know, you're kind of sick when you look back last year at Nick Adenhart. I was one of the guys that was up watching Nick Adenhart's first start. You know, he was going to get that win and the bullpen blew it. And then, you know, sadly he died is one of those things. I, you know, every time I see a guy with his first major league start, I want to see him get that win. Cause you never know what's going to happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, that's how uh, Adenhart, that's what his story was. And it was really sick to wake up the next morning and read that. But with Cobb, uh, you see, you've seen the potential, you know, he's going to be back at some point. So it was, you know, you saw flashes of what he could be and flashes of what you hope he fixes when he comes back. And that is the thing is that Cobb is 23 right now. He's still, he's still very much a work in progress. He can, he can develop a lot more than what we saw last night. Right, he only had, I think, what, four AAA starts? Yeah. Plus the playoffs four. last year, so, yeah. Usually the Rays like to get guys, you know, an entire year there, so four starts is nothing. Yeah, it was four plus, I think, two or three spots last year, maybe seven starts above uh, above double-A ball. Yep. I think, I mean, we've become a little spoiled here with debuts. Remember, Wade Davis was just phenomenal in his debut. Hellickson was You know, Hellickson was phenomenal in his debut. I think even Neiman was good in his debut. So we've become a little spoiled in how these guys come up. I was at Wade Davis's debut. It was like end of August. He came out and struck out everybody. It was pretty fun to watch, but it's, it's just one of these things we've become a little spoiled. Let's jump back. I want to jump back a day and go back to, you know, Saturday. James Shields comes out and throws a, another gem uh but you know the most debated decision was pulling him after 109 pitches in the ninth inning what were your guys thoughts uh, starting with bradley what were your thoughts about that decision in the ninth well you know uh, last year it seemed like we saw shields go one inning or one batter too long all season long and so i kind of i feel for joe madden he knows that that's sort of a thing that had happened a lot last year where shields got to that point where he just had no he had no steam left in the fastball or whatever it was and then he would give up a couple of doubles in the row and and a good get, a good start would go to a bad start just over the course of a few seconds and so i can understand that the the idea there was to you know get your best reliever in there who at that point would probably be your best pitcher available and uh you know give the rays the best chance to win that game and and frankly kyle farnsworth didn't let the ball out of the infield it it went about as good for him as it could have gone except that the runners got around and scored so you know i i'm okay with that decision the results weren't where they were where they wanted them to be but at the same time the process was correct yeah like honestly because you know i was at that game you know and people were pissed you know well when they pulled him, I'm like, you know, uh, it isn't like, you know, uh, Madden you know, didn't you know, give him, you know, the, you know, the chance, you know, to finish the game. You know, he did, you know, and, you know, Torrey Hunter, ah, you know, Hunter you know, crushed the ball on him. He's, you know, he got pulled. So I don't know you know, what, you know, they wanted from, you know, from Madden there, but, the, you know, now, the fans were pissed you know, when that you know, run went in. 
And that right. is the thing is that that uh, that hit from Hunter wasn't like a, a, a well, dribbler the blue, that snuck past the first. It. Yeah, it was crushed. It was crushed really down the line. Hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, but before we get to Kevin, you know, in that at bat. My opinion was, you know, Shields made a few mistakes in that at bat. The first pitch that Hunter fouled off, he left a cutter hanging right out over the plate, and Hunter was just under it, just missed it. And, you know, then he got he crushed the last pitch, but his location was off on every single pitch. If you go back and watch that at bat, Shopik's glove, or I believe it's a little Shopik behind the plate, his glove was moving around a lot. He was setting up a one spot, and Shields was really missing his target. And that's where I felt, that's what I think Madden and Hickey saw. Uh, Kevin, what did you think? I was just going to say, I thought it was the right decision because the complete game streak was nice. The complete game is nice, but it's not like I can sort of see if it's an Edwin Jackson no hitter where it's still one nothing. But mm-hmm. if it, you know, it's one nothing. Like you said, he was clearly tiring, missing spots. You have to you have to get a pitcher in there who's fresh, who's yeah. going to hit his spots, and that and you, Farnsworth was the right guy. Yeah, you, know, you play to win the game, right? That's <laughs> Herm Edwards' famous statement. Yeah, that's what he did. It just didn't. Um, work out like he wanted it to. Yeah, you know that's that's going to be when we get to the irrational rant section. That's going to be my irrational rant. It's going to be talking about some of the fan reactions because I got you know Eric's text. He was telling me about people were yelling behind him, and you know you could they obviously you could hear the boos very clearly oh, yeah, through they the television. Yeah, yeah, so it's just you know it's one of these things. But you know I went to Friday night's game. Unfortunately, I am now one in four on the season when I go to work these games. You know I, I busted my ass to get home early from Texas on a business trip. Drove. It took me two and a half hours to get from Orlando Airport to Tropicana Field thanks to accidents on 75 that backed up by four. You know, I make it out there, and I watch David Price crap the bed. I mean, what did you guys think of watching that game? Well, you know, I, I had always sort of been wary of Price's success last year. Uh, the, the excuse for his disconnect between expected FIP and FIP was that he was uh, getting a lot of, like, weak fly balls and stuff like that. And I mean, I honestly think that Price will improve as his career goes along, and he, I think he's got all the potential to erase Randy Johnson from the, the history books, essentially. But the truth is is that he, he's not at his best level right now, and I feel like he's improving constantly. But at the same time, he I, I do believe he was lucky last year, and so we are going to see a couple of rough starts from him this year, but he's still going to be good. He's going to be very good this year. But I, I think James Shields is our our ace going forward. Not no way about it. I sure hope so. Like, uh, uh you know, that night you know, he didn't you know, rely on the you know pitches he had. You know, just you know, but in his but you know his previous game, you know, which had worked out so well for him. You know, his curveball, you know, that was gone. You know, it you know, could be the team and everything. You know, just you know, changing up versus you know, different guys at bat, but it was it was just odd that he went you know, more towards the you know, fastball, which didn't you know, quite you know, work out the way he wanted it to. And I think Brian Anderson was observing his sort of over reliance on that cutter pitch that he's been working on. Yes, mm-hmm. and he kept going to that, and it wasn't as terribly successful as you would sort of yeah, like it to change be. Change up was gone. Like he didn't. I don't know. Well, it's one of these things, you know, the Angels, they have, sometimes they have their strikeout problems. You know, Wells and Trumbo have been known, but they have a lot of contact hitters in there right they now. Fastballs. But, yeah, with Ibar, and you're doing them favors when you're throwing them fastballs and cutters. Kendrick. 
<laughs> you can't, you know, I mean, forget Kendrick. We can't get him out. There's just, you know, whatever the deal is. I swear to you, if the race traded for that guy and put him in the everyday lineup, he'd turn into Pat Burrell here and it would suck. I don't know what it is, but that guy, every every time I see a hit, you're saying I look up and it's Kendrick standing on first or second base. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when I was watching that game, I saw you know, Price was doing his usual, working the outside, working the outer half of the plate, but he was leaving a lot of stuff up. And again, when you're leaving fastballs and, and, and cutter, especially cut fastballs, up that part of the zone, it's going to get hit. And that's, you know, it just said looked like for a while he was just trying to throw it and hope that they would hit it at somebody because he just wasn't missing that many at bats. Well, I didn't actually see a start, so I can't really speak to the process. But what are the like twelve hits in four point one innings? That is, you yeah. know, that's that's an aberration to some point. Most of his yeah. as well as it, you know. career. Yeah, and it wasn't, and it wasn't one of these things where it was a lot of you know bleeders or bloops like Chatwood was getting on Sunday. I mean, these were flat out hits. I mean, they were going to, they were miss, they were right through the infield, right out into the gaps. These were not cheaps. And then Trumbo's home run was an absolute bomb. And they said it was four twenty five. I think it was about thirty feet short. It was crushed. And you could hear the echo of it when it hit when it went up his bat. You could hear the echo around the stadium. So it was yes. it was one of those bombs and. Uh, you know, and Trumbo had some had really good defensive plays at first base. Very impressive player, which is going to you know play into factor the race self to play the Angels again in June. And they're saying Kendrick Morales right now is still not even taking batting practice. He's out in Arizona. He had to go back out to Arizona. I read today uh, that he's not even taking batting practice right now. So who knows how long it's going to be until he's out or until he's mm-hmm. back and whatnot. Um, you know, now that they're out of town, the uh, the, the Blue Jays are coming into town uh, tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, we get the same three pitchers we got when we were in Toronto. So it's JoJo Reyes tomorrow night, Brandon Morrow on Wednesday, and uh, Ricky Romero on Thursday. The Rays, I mean, I think we'll all agree. You know, I think we all – they should have swept it when they were in Toronto if they would have got Jose Bautista out any one of those damn three times. Oh, McDonald doesn't help. Yeah. Well, that doesn't help. But when you have Jose, but <laughs> when you have Jose Bautista dead to right three times at second base, you got to get him out at least one of the times. And if they do that, the Rays win. So you know, the perfectionist in me thought they should have swept in Toronto. But you know, coming down here, they now have Rajah Davis back, which they didn't have in that series. And uh, you know, the Rays had through Shields and Price in that one. Those guys are off this series, so it's it's Davis and then it's ne- uh, ne- Davis. Neiman and Hellickson for the next three. What are your thoughts as we head into this series, starting with Eric? Um, well, you know, just try not to you know, K as much. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because you know, um, what was that? Uh, what was that? Twenty-one. You know, combined for the you know, two guys. You know, Morrow and uh, um, Romero. Yep. You know, versus, you know, we won those games, but they still you know, dominated us. You know. Pretty much, but with you know, Davis you know, back in for them, that'll you know, help them out a bit. You know, not too much. You know, Patterson's not you know, not you know, terrible out there in the field. You know, um, and on offense, he's not very good. But you know, Davis isn't you know, too much better than he is. I, I, you know, I see. You know, we ought to you know, take this. You know, but again, you know, it might come down to Neiman. You know. Pitching well against uh, um, Morrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that might be it for us, which, you know, I don't know if, you know, he can do it twice in a row. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, before we get to Kevin, my you know my thoughts on Neiman. People were like, "Oh, he pitched great. He pitched great." Let's go back pitched and look. He pitched against the lineup. Yeah, he pitched against the Twins twice, and the Twins are an undermanned lineup right now. And if you look, go back and look at the pitch plot data, he left a lot of stuff up with his own. But the Twins simply lack the talent to do anything with it right now. And the Twins are a very bad, you know, offensive bad club ball club. They're struggling mightily right now. They're pretty much where the Rays were for the first nine games of the season. That's how the Twins are playing right now. So mm-hmm. I am not sold on Neiman, quote unquote, being back because he took a no hitter into the seventh inning i just think he got away with it playing a lesser team uh kevin what are your thoughts well absolutely i mean if you leave falls up against the toronto blue jays they're gonna let you know about it and uh you know adam lind i think he he had a home run over the weekend he's been you know slumping a bit they don't have travis snyder but you know they still have jose bautista and like you said they got rajai davis back that lineup it doesn't seem to matter who's in it. You know, they'll always hit home runs, and especially Neiman's had his problems with that. Hellickson's not exactly a, gra- a ground ball pitcher, neither is Wade Davis. So I, I think the big thing to watch is the starting pitching. And, of course, we know the Blue Jays with Ricky Romero and Brandon Morrow. They're not very good matchups for the Rays offense. So I think mm-hmm. it's going to come down to the starting pitching. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, another thing we, we, we said, you know, Raja Davis is coming back. Uh, Travis Snyder's out, but David Cooper, one of their better hitting prospects who was tearing it up in AAA, has been called up. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, who missed uh, at least two games of that series, is now Your back boy, in the yeah. lineup. That's my, Just hey, my boy, boy he still has zero home runs, too. I'm afraid <laughs> I made the call on a fantasy podcast today. I said he's going to hit his first one on Wednesday night in his first at-bat against Jeff Neiman. I just sense it coming. So, uh, you know, they're a full-strength lineup, so it's really interesting to see how we're going to go in this series. Brad, what are your thoughts? You know, I I feel equally wary of Jeff Neiman. He did perform well against the same decimated lineup twice. But at the same time, when you look at some of his deeper statistics, his fielding independent pitching, his expected fielding independent pitching, both of those are actually almost in line with his career numbers. And his left on base percentage, which tends to be a good uh, gauge for for luck or bad luck, and that is down to close to 57 percent. That's really, really low. So he's had his his fair share of, of poor luck. But then again, you can have a low on base percentage because you're getting murdered. That's just sometimes what happens. But I don't know. I, I feel like he does still have things wrong in his process. He's leaving pitches up, but there's still hope. I feel like he can still pull it around because at the same time, he's he's been unlucky. He's he's had success in the past and we've we've seen success albeit against minnesota we've seen some success lately so hopefully he can keep his pitches down or at least keep them high enough that he'll walk them without giving up homers i don't know and, you know i have no problem if they walk jose bautista every time neiman's pitching to him i really don't you know you, you, We're you just look <laughs> you know, that's what, Brian, that's what Brian Anderson said. I was on yeah. I was on the Jays Dome uh, podcast over the weekend, and they're like, how do you pitch to Jose Bautista? I'm like, either walk him or peg him, one of the two. Just get it yeah. over with. So, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm just really, you know, with, with Morrow pitching on Wednesday night, that means Jason's going to be behind the plate, so we have our slowest pitcher with our slowest throwing catcher. Although, you know, Shopping, or I'm sorry, Jason did throw Jason out Peter Borjos. Well. He yeah. threw out Peter Borjos uh, rather easily. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. But that's, that's the, the one start I'm really looking at but um you know the other thing we've besides the series we got going on at the website a couple of things we've had come up at d-rays bay uh to basically today uh one of them we have a new uh, new sponsorship with a with a site tickiq.com uh this is somebody that i got to work with when a uh, doc of the rays they were very easy to work with uh the benefit here is if you go to the site now over in the left hand side of the uh, on the 
banner over on the left, you can click and order tickets from there. The good news is if you buy tickets through them, they're giving us a kickback to the site. And uh, we're not keeping that money. We're turning it back over to you guys. And that's the, the other part of the story is our first contest is the, the Legend of Sam Fold contest. Uh, we, we, we can't give away tickets, as we found out today. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But we can't give away gift cards. So you can purchase your own tickets. So the good news is there is you know if you want to get a really sweet seat behind home plate, you can take that gift card and put the $35 towards that sweet seat and get a nice seat rather than the uh, the couple of outfield seats that we were going to get you uh, with that. But we do have that Legend of Sam Fold uh, contest. So get on Facebook, make the comments. We're going to pick a winner uh, later this week, and then you can get you know buy tickets to the any game you want to, or you can you know come to the game that is on May 29th that where the Sam Fold capes are being given out. Uh, but um, they can also just you know, take the money right and just um, not go to the game. Well, they can, can they they, do that. Well, you know, they know the gift card. Well, let's ju- let's jump to another thing. You know, they can they can take that money and spend it on the June 18th game because you know we'll have you details go. on this tomorrow. Good but uh, yeah, the first the first baseball prospectus park event this year is going to be at Tropicana Field. You know, uh, Joe Hamrahi who who puts all this stuff together a few weeks ago on Twitter. You know, he was like, you know, where should we have our first event? And, and because I get I work for Baseball Prospectus as well, I begged him. I'm like, you got to come to Tropicana Field. You got to come back. You guys haven't been here since 2008. You got to come back. And I bugged him and bugged him, and he got it done today. So on June 18th, we're going to have a, a ballpark event before the game up in the meeting room, uh, up around the left field baseline, and then they're going to give us some nice seats down the first base baseline. And that's a concert game, too. Uh, I talked to uh, the marketing department today, and they're going to tell us what concert that is later this week. But he promised me that we're going to like the act. So uh, we'll see what the concert is. But we'll have more details on that uh, probably today as you're listening to this podcast. That story will be up on the on the main page. So if you're interested in, in you know hearing me talk more, there's <laughs> there's, you know, there's actually rumors that the artificial intelligence will make his way out and talk to people. But Impossible. he said, but he said they'll, he'll do it if the Fohawk shows up. So if Mark Normandin comes down and talks to everybody, then then the artificial intelligence will make <laughs> wow. his way out and talk to players. That, that, that would be incredible. It would be incredible. Uh, so that's where we're at. Uh, but we'll get we'll find out who Joe was planning on sending down to uh, do talks. He was already talking to James Click uh, to see if he'll come over. He's trying to get a player, trying to get Sam Fold to come in. Uh, so he's trying to work with the team to get a player, see if he'll come up and say hey for a few minutes. Uh, one of those kind of things. But we'll have some more details on that uh, tomorrow. So please, or, you know, as you're listening to the podcast today, so you know, stay tuned for that. We'd like to see you guys come out. Uh, back in 2008, I believe there was like 60 to 70 of us. I know Eric. You were there for that event. Yes, sir. Uh, with, you know, Tommy was there when Tommy's you guys there, were yeah. uh, outs per swing. Outs per swing. You yeah. guys were running the outs per swing blog. So I was there. I got there late thanks to the great traffic, uh, you know, and whatnot. So uh, looking forward to that event uh, with that. Okay, uh, let's now jump to the segment that we were supposed to do last week and we didn't get to. But I would like to, each week to have some kind of irrational rant because, you know, every week we have to be these – you know, professional analysts that have to stay with fact-based, uh, you know, fact-based analysis and whatnot. But I think it's fair that we all just, you know, get to go off and rant on something. And it doesn't have to be baseball-related. Mine this week is going to be baseball-related. But, uh, you know, I'll give you guys at least a minute or two if you want to rail on something that you've seen. It doesn't have to be Rays-related either. It could be anything in baseball, uh, you know, whatever. But I want to give everybody
somebody a chance to do something. So uh, who wants to go first? I think we want you to go first. You want me to go first? Okay, <laughs> me. All right, me first. Uh, you know, it's, I make no secret. I hate fans at Boo. Uh, I mm. don't think, especially home. You know, I, I'm also a very passionate college sports fan, and I, I find booing college athletes who are playing for free even you know more distasteful. But you know, I find I get that people want to show emotions, and I think there's a, a bunch of ways you can show emotions as a fan. Uh, there's two things I don't tolerate: throwing things on the field and booing fan, uh, booing your hometown players. And when I you know, when I see Joe Madden come out to take out J- James Shields at 109 pitches after he's missed his location five straight pitches and get booed like that, it pisses me off. I mean, you can yell at Madden, you know, what are you doing? Leave him in there. What are, you know, this, this booing crap, you know, I, I make the statement all the time and I get, you know, crap on Twitter and from people who, you know, I don't care. Uh, you know, I make the statement that Joe Madden is appreciated more nationally than he is locally. And, you know, Steve, Mr. Negative One, wrote a great article about it the other day and somebody wanted to trash him on Twitter about writing 2,000 words about something that doesn't exist. And I think we saw on Saturday that it does exist. People here sometimes don't understand, you know, they, they mock what they don't understand. And when mm-hmm. you look at, as you said earlier, you're trying to win the game. And you look at the matchup, you look at a tired pitcher, you have a fresh guy who has not blown a save, who frankly still hasn't blown a save because, you know, that was Zobrist's issue, not not Farnsworth. Uh, you know, that, that pisses me off and it drives me nuts every time. And I, I seem to, you know, Philly fans get it, boo, whatever. You know, I, I don't want to be like Philly fan. I, you know, this is a market. Uh, I'm, I think that the baseball intellect of this market is getting better, but it still has room for improvement. And what we saw Saturday is another one of those examples where you know that's one of the problems. The fans who you know they have their uh, tickets and everything you know to the games, you know that's fine. And you know, but they ask me to move on them in you know their seat, which is fine. But there's you know 20 other you know uh, you know on wide open. All around me, you know, and they asked me to move, and you know, and I move, which is fine, but you know, I I, I don't get it, you know, I wouldn't ever you know, do that, you know, and it isn't like we're you know behind you know home plate or in the outfield, you know, we're in the upper deck, you know, so you know that, but you know that once you know seat there's you know not going to make a big difference, you know, in you know. Uh, you know, and you know, and you know, and how you you know watch that game, and I you know I got asked you know, to move you know this weekend, and I was pissed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and like you know, and I, but you know, and uh, I moved back two seats. You know, and I, that and was then poured it, your beer on him. I wanted to. No one else out there, you know, and they asked me to move. I'm like, just, you know, sit down, you know, next to me. I don't want that. That's my way. Uh, that's you know, <laughs> selfish on me because, you know, I'm in their seat, but still. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll bring my story up from game uh, two of the ALDS last year. I had seats up in 307 at the very top row, you know, right next the tarp was behind me. I was up there, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I sit in my I try to sit in my seat, but there's somebody in my seat and not somebody. I'm talking his fat rolls from his seat next to me 
were spilled over into my seat. I literally could not sit down. That's how big this person was. So I tried to, I tried to stand up behind the seat, and security wouldn't let me stand up there. So I ended up going over to the party deck where I, you know, I had a great time and a great view. But you know, it's one of these things where. It, you know, when people you know, rail on the attendance, it's not so Should bad that we have some elbow room sometimes because sometimes <laughs> you kind of need it. <laughs> Kevin. Like an airline needs him to buy um, two seats. Oh, goodness. Oh, my gracious. Uh, Kevin, you there? Yeah, all right. You guys ready for this? Go for it. <laughs> it's my Tim Beckham rant. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that people are saying Tim Beckham is still a top prospect. I understand that. But people... If you want to see a top shortstop prospect, look at Manny Machado. Manny Machado, in 22 games in the South Atlantic League, in his first full pro season, has five home runs. Tim Beckham, in his first full season, in like 117 games, hit five home runs. Tim Beckham walked 34 times. Manny Machado already has 17 walks. That is what a top shortstop prospect looks like. Tim Beckham, he's okay. That's, that's, that's it. Tim Beckham is okay. His OPS right now, 712, it was 705, it was 717 the last two years. He is what he is, and maybe he's still got the physical tools. Maybe they're not as good as we thought. Personally, it looks to me like he hasn't really improved, and I get that he's moving up levels, but it looks to me like he's still the player that he was in 2009, except maybe that he's walking more, but he's also taking more called third strikes. So I'm not really sure that it's a big improvement. This is this is turning into a this is turning into a this is turning into a Bud Light or Coors Light commercial. First we had you play to win the game. Now you have he is who we thought he was. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do we have left, Bradley? What's your rant? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna buck the trend here, and we're gonna close on a a world events sort of rant. I'm gonna offer some some thoughts from the good Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, A lot of people know what happened this last Sunday, and I just want to share some thoughts of his. Uh, He once said, I will mourn the loss of thousands of precious lives, but I will not rejoice in the death of one, not even an enemy. Returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to to, to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Dr. Martin Luther King. Thanks for making mine feel insignificant. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> cool story, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you come across as the intellect now. We're the guys who are like, uh, gee, thanks. No, that was – I, I actually – Get I think, on my seat. I think I read that in your Facebook status earlier tonight, but that is, that is pretty uh, – uh, pretty poetic with everything that's going on. You've seen I, the emotions. It was it was nice, you know. On Sunday, I actually stayed up and watched all of it last night. I have been dragging ass today because I've been so tired. I didn't go to sleep till mm-hmm. like one something. But yeah, you know, it was one of these things. It was nice to see America united for at least fifteen minutes without you know trying. I, then you wake up in the morning, and of course, you know, will the Republicans give Obama credit? You know, will the? It's just like Jesus. Come on, I know you have talk radio shows to do, but come on. Uh, so, you know, it'd be yeah, nice if people would look fun. back. Like, uh, Twitter and everything, that was awesome, you know, for those, you know, two hours or so. It that was, was fun. It was it so was, much fun. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like me, I have TweetDeck. I don't know what you guys use for your app, but, you know, it was just strolling and screaming. I, I couldn't keep up with it. I was like, Jesus, stop. Let me look. And because, you know, I, I follow too many people. That's just my problem. But uh, it was it was fun to watch. I mean, if you, if you weren't a Twitter fan, 
before last night, if you were experienced that, you've got to be now because it was just amazing to see. You know, the, how about the one guy? The I forgot his Twitter handle, Visual something. The guy was a block away from the whole incident. Yeah, and he was live oh, yeah. tweeting and didn't even oh, realize it. it. He's like, I want to take my fly swatter to the helicopter. I want it to shut up. And all of a sudden, he's like, Wow, I'm, I'm live uh, live blogging the event, uh, kind of thing. So it's just one of these things. It was it was you know. Interesting to see, and, and I'm glad I was, as I said on Facebook, I'm glad I wasn't on the crapper for a change, you know, because you know, in, in the earthquake hit for the 89 World Series, I was in the toilet, you know. When 9-11 was happening, the girlfriend I was dating at the time calls me, I was in the toilet. So, you know, it's one of these things. So I'm glad I actually got to experience this moment. Uh, you know, it was ironic. It's eight years to the day that the mission was first accomplished, quote unquote. Uh, but, you know, you're glad you're here and you move on. We'll see where we are as a country. And it was, you know, I know we give Philly fans a lot of crap, but it was really good to see their reaction at the game last night. You know, the whole USA chain as, as that people were looking on their PDAs yeah. and whatnot. So awesome. you know, good on Philly fan for, you know, changing their reputation. I thought that was a really cool highlight last night. PDAs? It, whatever they're called. You know, I'm old. <laughs> Nintendo's Personal or whatever you system. kids call them these days. I'm old. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> say iPhones and you're good. Oh yeah. With, uh, with the tab, uh, there was something used to be uh, Apple. Their first portable device. I forgot it was this something. It was heavy as hell, but people had to have. In fact, Joe Madden got one. Remember in, in Jonah's book, he talks about getting one from uh, Stoneman. I forgot what they called it, but they said it was like five hundred dollars and yeah. it weighed a bunch. But yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what everybody's using. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, on that, I know we all have a bunch of stuff to do tonight, so we got to break it up. But again, appreciate you guys uh, coming on tonight, and we'll get this edited up, and you guys will be listening to it sometime Tuesday before. For the J series start and uh, you know please find it on iTunes we'll have it up on iTunes please vote us up get us those yeah. ratings we like your feedback do, yeah. comments are nice yeah I got an email from uh, somebody giving us some constructive criticism and I really appreciate getting that email or uh, cognizant of that as I add sound effects to the podcast uh, this time around but we really appreciate that feedback and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys next week thanks have a good one thanks man around because she loves me so and I know for sure and but does she really want up I can't stand to see me walk out the door I can't stand to fight the feeling cause the thought alone is killing me right now